0: I want to deal with the topic this morning, recognizing the potential in your children. How many knows that your children are filled with potential? And oftentimes, even as a parent, we fail to recognize the calling and the gifting of God and the purpose in your children. And so I want to deal with that a little bit this morning. And it's easy to do. It's easy to fall out of sync. But I want to challenge us this morning that we take the responsibility. I believe that our children are like blue chip stock. They're worth the investment. That They multiply, they grow, they're, they're, but we have to be willing to guard them and protect them. And I'll talk just a little bit about that this morning. Uh, and so I'm going to read our text out of 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. We'll start with 1, then we'll skip down a few verses. But verse 1 says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Now, I want to just pause right there and and talk about that that verse Uh, because I think that as I was reading that, the Lord prompted me, and, and I saw a picture of the church that a church that is mourning over failures instead of moving forward to the future. Uh, you know, we, we, get in, we get in our little groups, and it's easy to become very negative because there's a lot of negative stuff out there. And if we're not careful, we find ourselves just feeling, oh, wow, oh, woe is me. Uh, we have no future. We have no hope. And I think God is saying to the church, how long will you mourn over a failed uh, attempt at doing something, and when are you going to move forward? Because God's not through, amen? How many knows that God's not finished yet? And the anointing of the Lord is able to overcome every obstacle. I like some of the uh, mega points this week. Uh, Legends overcome adversity. And the anointing of the Lord is able to overcome every adversity, every challenge. How many God's been God for all of eternity? He's good at being God. And and this is not the first generation of people that have brought challenges against the word of God or against the church. But God has continually raised up. How many remember when God told um, Elijah, I still have 7,000. I still have a people that haven't failed, that haven't bowed their knee to Baal. It's time that we move out of our pity parties and move on to the next generation. That's why I I feel like, in fact, I want to share, someone uh, shared a word with me this week. Uh, I was so built up. I, I was pumped up about last Sunday. When I left here, I felt, praise God. I felt like the Lord really began to do a breakthrough uh, through our church and in, in our teenagers. And, and I really felt good about it. And I was rejoicing and thanking the Lord. And then someone called me uh, Monday and said that, uh, how many remember Sister Maddie Bailey? the uh, attended here, Maddie and David. Well, uh i not watching our service, but the same Holy Spirit, amen, prompted Sister Maddie to call Sister June, our text Sister June, that the Lord told her he's going to do something significant in Atlantic Beach Assembly of God. And so she was excited to call her and share that God began an anointing over Sunday services. I believe that God is not through. In fact, I believe that God is just starting. And I've said for some time, I believe that the revival that we're going to see, this last generation revival, this time that we're in, is going to be led by youth and children. How many believe that's possible? I mean, you look at the kids and you think, how in the world can these kids bring us into revival but I want to tell you that with God all things are possible amen and that God still has his own that God still has 7,000 so quit mourning quit weeping learn how to move forward in the anointing of God fill your horn with oil fill up with the Holy Ghost and move on in the anointing process that God has called us to live in now let's move on Uh, let's skip down a few verses to verse 6, so it was that when they came, they looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointing is before him. Because he looked like, I'm, I'm adding, he looked like what the world would think a king should look like. Surely, how many, how many of us are guilty sometimes at looking at a person and deciding yeah that looks like a quality person or that looks like a lesser quality person or a bad person i don't know that god looks at people totally different this thing god looks people totally different than we do and so um even samuel samuel's god's anointed samuel is the priest the prophet of the generation even samuel said surely this of course remember it was Samuel that also anointed Saul and it was Samuel that said surely Eliab uh, will be the next king look at him; he looks kingly he looks like somebody that ought to be a king and and we will deal with that in a few minutes Uh, verse 7 says but the Lord said to Samuel do not look at his appearance have refused him for the Lord does not see as man sees for man looks at the outward appearance But the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Samuel looks to Jesse and says, are all of the young men here then he said well there remains yet the youngest and he's out keeping the sheep and samuel said to jesse send and bring him for we will not stop we will not sit down till he comes here so he went and brought him in now he was a ruddy with bright eyes and good looking and the lord said arise anoint him for this is the one then samuel took the horn of oil anointed him in the midst of his brothers, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Father, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you, Lord, that you still have a generation. God, that you still have a people. Lord, that has not bowed their knee. God, that you haven't given up on humanity. God, that you said that God you're going to usher in Uh, a, a, a pure bride, a perfect bride, a clean bride. So, Father God, that tells me prophetically, God, that when you come back, there will be a bride that will be victorious and an overcoming bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, right now, Lord, I thank you for that promise. And we stand on that word, and God, we take that responsibility of recognizing God's potential in the future generation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, I want you to understand some things, the story I just read to you. Samuel anointed David, poured a vial of oil, a horn of oil, over David, a king's anointing, declared him to be king, and David was still just a shepherd. In fact, it was 32 years later before David would sit on the throne of Israel. There was a lot of time in between when God called him a king and when Israel called him a king. And I mean those there's a lot of time sometime on the journey. But God has called us, and he's called our children, and he's put potential in them. See, I believe that when God saw David, even when he was a shepherd out on the field in the middle of the night when nobody was around, God didn't look down and see a little shepherd boy tending a few sheep. God saw a king. God looked in the palace and saw Samuel, who had violated the call of God, who had lost the anointing, and he saw an imposter. It just took a while for God to get David prepared and for Saul to be moved out of the way so that Samuel, I mean, so that David could ascend to the throne. I tell you this because I, I want you to understand some things. Your kids do not look like everything that God has for them. They, they do not look like the finished product. In fact, I'm going to give you a little bit of a good word for yourself. You don't look like the finished product. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. I'm glad that God's still working on me. I'm glad that God's still working on you. But I want to challenge. you, see, it, 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 it's interesting that even David's father didn't see any potential in David. I don't think David's father disliked David he probably loved David he just didn't see any potential in David he thought in fact when he brought his seven sons one at a time and he brought them before uh, Samuel uh, the implication is that it was as if they were all done because Samuel looks at Jesse and says are you sure this is all and he says well there is one more there's little David. He's out in the field with the sheep. Do you really want to see little David? <laughs> David's about 10 to 12 years old at this time. He's a little guy. And, and, and Samuel said, yes, bring him in. In fact, he said this. He said, we will not sit down until this is done because God sent me here. For a purpose how us it God has purposed us to find the potential anoint the potential nurture the potential release the potential in the next generation and we as a church we as parents we as leaders cannot sit down until that job is finished uh, I, it was fun that they done the uh, relay race earlier and I've talked about it before uh, if you're going to lose a relay, relay race, it is usually during the passing of the baton. Most of the runners can run within hundreds of a second of each other. I mean, they're, they're there because they can compete. Uh, and, and if they weren't uh, excellent at their sport, they wouldn't be there. But what makes the difference is how well they pass the baton to the next runner. And if the baton drops, you can just well count it out. And, and, and I, it puts them so far behind. And I just want to talk about uh, the church. I think our success is going to be judged on how well we pass the baton to the next generation. Not on how well we run, but how well we set the next generation up to win the race and that God has called us to do what only uh, God has anointed and called us to do and so we have to be uh, able to do the things that Lord and so there's an anointing and so uh, Samuel said we're not going to stop until you bring him in recognizing the potential in our children how many of you got children and sometimes it's hard to recognize potential in them don't raise your hand I mean, they're just, you know, I, mean, I love my little boy, but come on. Uh, little Johnny's really not going to be, you know, uh, he, he's really not going to be that, he's going to go that far, because why? We have been conditioned to judge people by the world standards. He doesn't do that good in school. He's a good boy, he just doesn't do that good in school. He's a good little girl, she's a good little girl she's not that smart she's not ever been on the faculty of harvard um or uh you know uh, maybe maybe there's something that but they're not going to ever they're not going to ever lead a a, a a corporation they're not going to ever be a pastor they're not going to ever be a missionary they're not going to ever uh you know they, they've just got too much going on can i tell you that god is telling the church, quit looking at the outside and start looking at the heart god looks at hearts uh, I, there's, there's people in my life, I have to look past the exterior and look at their heart. I want to learn to see people like God sees people. Uh, you know, one of the things that frustrates me uh, is people that judge people. Especially inside the church. The, the, the pharisaical attitude is so... Condemning and damaging to the body of Christ. Now that doesn't mean that I can't see fruit. It doesn't mean that I can't correct and discipline where correction and discipline is needed. But it does mean I'm not giving up, because I'm not looking and I'm not stopped by the outward appearance and the outward facade. Because I'm going uh, much deeper than that. God is going much deeper. We used to we sing that song uh it appears god's looking much deeper than that uh not just the songs we sing i you, you know the song so god god's looking much deeper than what we are and he's thinking how many of his ways are not our ways jesus said in fact the disciples had this problem in matthew chapter 19 uh when they were jesus was teaching in a setting maybe a setting like this hopefully he had more people but he was teaching and people began to bring little children up to him and says here would you would you bless my children would you pray for my kids and the disciples said, get those kids away from here this is the Messiah this is the master take them to the nursery <laughs> get the kids out of here let's keep order let's keep uh, you know don't set the church up like a, a gymnasium on Sunday morning don't bring balls in the sanctuary. Get those kids in their place. And Jesus said, "Suffer the little children." In other words, put up with these kids. <laughs> yeah, they're going to they're going to you're going to have to clean more. <laughs> you're going to have to re they're going to wreak havoc on a building they're going to stress you uh now this was a pretty calm mega sports camp actually this year it was a great mega sports camp as far as uh that's that side of things go but sometimes and some of you coaching on me you leave mega sports camp like this um because these kids they, they just they're they're full of energy they're they're just bundles of energy and 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 but Jesus said, suffer the little children. I remember one time when, when I was a youth pastor, we'd had a sleepover. One of the most encouraging things, and I've used it many times since then. Uh, we'd had a sleepover, and, and uh, I'd gone to the pastor, and I said, you know, we've done the best we could do. Hope the church is okay. We tried to put it back together tried to re-nail up the things that got tore down and mop and clean and hope the church is okay. And uh, the pastor said something that I thought was so encouraging to me. He quoted quoted out of Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. And he said, where there are no oxen, the stalls are clean. But oxen are required for a strong harvest. Now, yeah, you can keep a really clean building and have no kids. I I was talking to a church one time that, that was down to, you know, 20 or so senior citizens, that was all that was left. They didn't want to do anything. They didn't want kids. They didn't want kids' ministry. They didn't want to change any of the song approaches they were using. They loved just singing the hymns and the hymns only. They weren't interested in praise and worship. The the pastor was there and he was trying to push them a little bit. Let's take this into the next generation. (laughs) Let's start bringing some young people in. Let's start singing some praise and worship. Let's just add some things. We're not going to take away everything. And the church was adamant. No, 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 no. And I said, well, look, y'all need to decide. You got two choices. Decide that you're going to reach the next generation. Or select the last one that's going to turn out the lights and lock the doors. When the last one of you die off and we close this building down. Can I can I tell you that we have to make a decision? Yeah, it's easy. Just to have adults. Yeah. The kids are out. We're calm. Nobody's jumping up and down. Sister Sandra's not even here. Uh, I love Sister Sandra to jump up and down. Hopefully she's watching online. Um, and and But you know what? Where there are no oxen, the stalls are clean. But let there be oxen. I'll clean stalls. We just need oxen. Amen? Uh, nurturing the... So... Uh, Recognizing the potential in your child. Secondly, nurturing the potential in your t- child. Speaking blessing over your child. There's a large space between, of time. I already mentioned 30, uh, 30 or 32 years between the time that Samuel anointed David and David became king. Okay, we get so focused on the destination. And I think oftentimes God's more interested in the journey. Because if you don't go through the journey, you won't be interested in the destination. Or, you won't be prepared, I shouldn't. let me rephrase that. You won't be prepared for the destination. It's the journey that prepares you for the destination. Uh, when I first was called to be pastor, I wasn't ready to be a pastor. Sometimes I don't know how ready I am yet, but I can tell you that the journey has equipped me a lot more uh, from the time that I was 19 and to where I am now. And and how many knows that you probably weren't able to be where you are now? We 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 all want. There's this big thing about you know nobody wants entry level jobs anymore. Everybody wants to start out at the top. Everybody wants to be the manager, uh, the general manager. uh, Everybody, but nobody is interested in the journey. But how he knows that the journey is what prepares you for leadership. There, there's some men and women here that are in positions of leadership in in your job or in your employment or in your community or wherever you are. And it, but you would have to look back on your life and say, "I'm here because God prepared me." Uh, it, it, it's I, I heard somebody say that I thought it was such a good statement recently. Successful people give everything to their kids that they need except what it requires to become successful. And that's hard work. They fail to give them what they did to get to where they are because now they've made everything easy for them. And and sometimes we struggle with that. But God wants us to nurture. Listen, we ought to be safety nets for our kids. You need to be a safety net for your kids. But you've got to nurture and love and pray over and anoint your children. You can't protect them from every bad thing. There's going to be bullies. They're going to be treated unfairly from time to time. There's going to be negative consequences in their life that what we as a parent have to teach them is, look, we pray over these things. We learn how to deal with these things, and we move on to the next level if we try to shield them and not nurture them then we're going to fail as parents. and We're going to fail as raising the next generation in the ways of God. So there is a... uh, David had some lessons to learn. He had to learn he could kill tigers and lions and bears that tried to... Wolves that tried to eat his sheep so that he could later kill a giant. But it was a journey. He had to learn how... Uh, We'll talk about that in a minute in in positioning your kids. But he had to learn a lot of stuff along the way that that God wanted him to take take into consideration. Then finally, or thirdly, now I have a fourthly. So thirdly, protecting the potential of a child. The anointing brings protection. Many parents today are more interested in being their kid's buddy them being their protector Now I like to get along with my kids and they're older now but even when they were little you, you want to connect you want to get along but I understood getting along is fun but that's not necessarily my job my job is to protect them my job is to provide for them my job is to look out for them and as parents we have an obligation to protect our children uh, from, from as much of this world and as much of the enemy. Listen, well, the battle that we're in is a spiritual battle. I think one of the big downfalls of the church today is that we're not even on the right battlefield. Because we are in a spiritual battle, not a political battle, a spiritual battle. And if the enemy can make us, can distract us and take us off to some other crazy area, and we're not even praying, and we're not even fighting the enemy, and we're not even uh, coming against the enemy at his level, listen, if, if, he, if the devil can get me mad at you, and not the devil and the enemy that's working through you, because <laughs> he can jump around from people to people to people. He can use you one day and somebody else another day. And I'm spending all my energy fighting people and I'm not fighting the enemy. Then we're going to lose the battle. So we have, um, we, we, we need to get on the right battlefield and we need to pray over our children. We got to pray protection. We got to pray blessing. We got to pray anointing and protect the potential in our children. The, the, the devil wants your kids. The devil wants your kids. He wants this generation. But so does Jesus. So does God. So does the church. The enemy has come but to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. Let's let's protect our kids. And then finally, releasing the potential in your children. How do you do that? Well, one way is doing things like bringing them to mega sports camp. And then bringing them to church. And if this isn't your home church, take them to your home church. If it's a good church, a good Bible-believing church. But if this is your home church, then bring them here. And, and we're going to pray over them. We're going to protect them. And we're going to do... And, and so, But that's one way. But, but how many of us, we have to position our kids. Right after the story I read to you where... Um, Samuel anointed David. At the same time, he took the anointing off of Saul. And Saul's spirit became very tormented. And Jesse said, Why don't you let David play the harp for you? It'll soothe your spirit. And Samuel, I mean Saul... Said, yeah, let's try that. And Saul fell in love with David. David would come in, and when Saul was troubled in his spirit, he would just sit and listen to David play the harp, and it would soothe his spirit. He so loved David that as David grew, uh, he, he, he taught him about armor. He taught him how to be an armor bearer. He trained him, he brought him into the inner parts. Of the palace. Everywhere Saul went. Little David went. David had no idea. That that would be his palace. Saul. Had no idea yet. That one day he would ascend. The throne. And not just play the harp. But my point is. Jesse. Positioned David in a place where he could be exposed to his calling. When, when there was a battle, when there was a war, David was too young to go to war. But the more I think about this, I, I don't know that it was completely by accident that Jesse sent David to the battlefront with sandwiches to feed his brothers. Why? He was positioning him, exposing him, To what a leader and a king would have to deal with can i tell you that we have a right we have an obligation protect our children i I don't know that jesse thought when he sent david down to take sandwiches that david was going to win the war i think god always takes it to the next level doesn't he but i do think he thought i'm going to position david with the with the troops I'm going to let him go down there and see what's going on. And so he, here's where we are. We, we have to protect our kids. We have to watch over them. But we have to position them. Put them in places to where they can be exposed, where God can use them. We position them. We bring them to the house of the Lord. We bring them to kids' church. We bring them to mega sports camp. We, put, we take them on mission trips. I, I was just sharing with uh, a couple of people earlier this week. You, you know what would be a fun thing to do? Is we used to take mission trips every year when I was a youth pastor. Is to pack up Mega Sports Camp and take it on the missions field. We could, we could. I, I think of the group we used to minister to in Jamaica. We could take, we could take uh, our Mega Sports Camp. We could have had a blast with a tool like Mega Sports Camp. Uh, our kids would come back from mission trip. So, so let me let me explain something about mission trips. Mission church bless people. They bless the people that we go with. I mean, that's certainly the hope. You invest, but that's not the reason. That's not the primary reason I've taken the youth to missions fields. Because honestly, I could have sent that same amount of money to the missionaries that were over there. But I wanted to expose our kids to the front lines. I wanted them to see firsthand a different culture, a different generation. I wanted them to see firsthand what the enemy was trying to do and what the power of God would allow us to do. So we positioned. And, and they would come back and they would share testimonies. Our, our, my pastor was, uh, was very gracious. He'd give us a whole service to come and uh, share testimonies about what happened on the missions field. And usually I would preach if I had time. And the kids would share uh, testimonies of, of the missions trip And and what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, as parents, position your kids. Put them in youth camps when it's appropriate. Put them in sports camps. Bring them to the house of the Lord. Encourage them to be in Bible studies at their schools when they have Bible studies. If they don't have a Bible study at school, encourage them to start one. That takes a lot of nerve and courage but how many knows first of all i want you to understand i wouldn't even mean to bring that out and we'll bring some instructors here i'll bring the barnowskis here one day to talk about it in fact next week we're going to have somebody here from chi alpha which chi alpha is a college campus ministry but you can understand it is absolutely completely legal for your children to have a bible club at their school. And teach the word of God, preach and study the word of God. It just has to be student initiated and student led, but it is a legal thing to do. Amen. So uh, encourage your kids uh, to 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 be in, in involved and be a part of those kind of things. What are we doing? We're positioning our kids for greatness. Saul's personal musician, uh, uh, learning these things. And Saul later, and, and later David would would he would promote David as David grew and he made him the commander over his armies. Captain over thousands. It was during this time when David became so successful as a commander as a leader that Saul got jealous of David and set out to kill David because he was afraid David would take his throne. But interestingly enough and I'm going to close with this point. I said the anointing protects your children. And the anointing does protect your children. You need to pray anointing over your kids. I pray to anoint. I still pray the anointing of God over my kids. They don't always act like it, but I pray for them. And uh, I, I pray blessing and favor over them. The anointing, well, I, later when Saul was tracking David down, David had the. David was a better soldier than Saul was. That's what got him so upset. They they would begin to sing in the streets, Saul has killed his thousands, but David's his tens of thousands. David became a better warrior than Saul uh, was. And and so Saul set out and put a death warrant out and and went out and David was hiding in caves and, and just trying to stay away. And two occasions, Saul was put right in David's hands. David could slay him if he wanted to. And David let him go, and he said, why? I will not touch God's anointed. Let God deal with that. I only say that to put out the point. There's a protection in the anointing. And by the way, let me just give you a word. Sometimes you don't understand things that are going on in the church or with leadership. It would be wise for you to determine in your heart I may not understand what's going on, but I will not put my mouth on God's anointed. I've seen it backfire too many times. So just be careful. That was a side point. I want us, in conclusion, everyone's here. Everyone that's here is pretty well invested in kids. Either you have grandkids that are here or, or you're you invested in teaching or training or you just love children. That's why you're here on Mega Sunday. And uh, so whatever reason that you're here, I, I want to I ask us in our closing time of prayer to ask God to begin to let us see our kids Through Jesus' eyes. Past all their blunders and faults. And see the king. In the shepherd. See the king in that 10 year old boy. The queen in that 10 year old girl. The leader. The potential. What does God have. And when we're mad and we're angry and we're frustrated because they brought a bad report home from school, (laughs) correct them. That's part of what nurture is about. But don't forget the vision. Don't forget to look at them like Jesus looks at them and that Jesus wants us to see them in. Would you stand with me to your feet this morning? If you're here and you're a parent, God bless you, or you're you're raising a child, maybe you're not even a parent, maybe you're a grandparent raising a child, or you're a relative, or you just have foster, we have foster parents here. Whatever reason, you're you're charged with raising and protecting a child. God bless you. It's a bigger job than mortal man is equipped to handle. You need divine help. You need divine strength. So I want to pray blessing over you this morning. And if you have an opportunity to influence grandkids, you have an opportunity. Listen, it, it may be, your kids may be grown. It's not too late to influence them. My, my mom just died, most of y'all know, just a couple years ago, December of 2019. And up till the day she died, she influenced my life. And still today, her legacy influences my life. It's not too late to start speaking into your grown children either. And it may start out something like, you know, I may have failed. I may not have been always the best mom or the best dad. I didn't have you in church. I, But I want you to know I'm committed now to pray for my children. Pray for my children. Pray for you. I want, would you bow your heads with me? Father, right now, Lord, I pray over this congregation. I pray, Lord Jesus, over every parent, every grandparent, every teacher, every influencer. God, that we would recognize the potential in this generation. How long shall we mourn over what's lost? And be distracted from what you're doing. God, let us see. Let us see firsthand. God, what you have in store for the future. And God, it is glorious and great. It's not negative. It's a good thing. And God, we rejoice in that. I pray blessing over our kids. I pray, God, that there were kids this week that gave their heart to Jesus. And God, that their lives have been eternally changed as a result. I pray blessing over every coach, Lord, that worked regular jobs all day long and came tired at night and and donated their time to invest in these kids, Father. God, restore strength and energy and rest back into their lives, Father. God, I bless this church, and I bless these kids, and I bless these parents, Father, under the anointing and the blessing and the favor of Almighty God. Be all glory in Jesus' precious name.